0: Welcome to yet another edition of the Attack of the B-Movies podcast starring, I don't know how I'd say starring really, but anyways, hosted by myself, Johnny, and my co-host, James.
1: Yes, that's me.
0: <laughs> it is you, but you're good. <laughs> um, tonight's offering was a suggestion of mine because we have, me and James have a very strong connection that, in that we like similar types of movies. We both like a lot of the low-budget movies. James, I think you're more straight, like, um, crime, thriller, horror kind of movies.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've watched... I've seen my fair share, so... Yeah. yeah.
0: I and that. I lean generally more towards the the sci-fi and possibly, like, the... Still horror side. That's where we have the mm-hmm. crossover, mainly. Mm-hmm. So, um... And I, what I like about doing the show with James is that we, um... He bounces ideas off me for movies, and I get to see ones I never saw before, like Maniac, or that I haven't seen in 30, 40 years. You know, mm-hmm. I guess not oh, yeah. forty years. I guess not forty years because that would have put me at two. Uh, <laughs> I'd say thirty or so. Uh, so tonight it was one I picked, and it's a movie called Zombie Nightmare.
1: Yes, Zombie Nightmare, and uh, I, I had heard about this. I'd known it was on MST3K. I did not really seen it before, so I figured ah, I do want to check this one out, and I, I would say first off the bat, I, the voodoo elements, I, I didn't expect it to have voodoo in it, um, there's not too many, I haven't seen too many horror movies that do, so that kind of stand out to me, but that—that that is definitely a, there in some scenes, I mean, not the most accurate depiction, I would say, but it's there nonetheless, so...
0: Yeah, the, the voodoo part of it was something I didn't expect either because I don't think they really ever say they're in um, an area where you would have voodoo. Mm-hmm. Right, but, right, I mean, right. not that voodoo's only in one spot, but mm-hmm. generally you think Louisiana, like New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and actually, so this movie is an odd one to me because it only had a budget of $180,000. It's Canadian production. New World Pictures is actually not with – they weren't really a small – well, maybe back – at this point, they were small, but I thought they grew. Or I'm, I'm thinking of somebody else, maybe. Oh, I'm thinking New Line Cinema. My bad. Um, but it yeah. stars Adam West and Tia Carrera. Now I I don't know if it's her first movie.
1: I believe so. And come to find out, I had watched Double Impact recently, and she was originally she had a ad- audition for the role of Jean Claude Van Damme for his girlfriend. In the movie for his character Alex. So that was interesting and she was in uh uh True Lies and Showdown in Little Tokyo. So I've I'm Oh, she wasn't
0: sure. True Lies, it's right.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I always thought she was an extremely underutilized actress in Hollywood. Like I always thought she was under um underrated and underutilized. She yeah, I a can, lot,
1: I can see that. Yeah, I mean. You
0: know, I mean, she wasn't a bad actress. Mm -hmm. she did a lot of her own stunts. I mean, she was in Wayne's world. I mean, so she had some roles in big movies, but she just Mm -hmm. never seemed to, to really take off the way I always thought she would or hoped she would. And part of it's because I just thought she was gorgeous when I was younger. And I still do Mm -hmm. even at her, whatever age (laughs) she is now, I still think she looks fantastic. Yeah. But like, I remember she had a run on a TV show called Relic Hunter. Which was kind of like playing on it. It was like the late '90s, and Tomb Raider was popular. Right, I, I see
1: parts of that, so I'm familiar with it.
0: It's actually a fairly good show. I, I enjoy it. I have all three right. seasons of it. I like it because I'm a treasure hunter kind of fan. Like I watch Oak Island and Nazi Gold, all that crap. Mm-hmm. It just the archaeology, ar- the archaeology of it, and the treasure aspect both get me. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, see I see what you're saying.
0: And when they started talking about a Tomb Raider movie, I was like, oh, maybe they'll tap her to play the part because she plays a similar role.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And, they di- and they didn't. And All I was right, a little, right. I was like, oh, yeah, nothing against, I, you know, Angelina Jolie, but honestly, I, I think I like to get a career better. I just do. And I, I.
1: Yeah, I had seen one of the Angelina Jolie ones. I. I fell asleep during it. I, maybe I was just tired, but I remember, I remember dozing off and like, I only seen probably the first half hour of the movie. And then I fell asleep.
0: <laughs> I mean, the first one wasn't horrible completely, but it wasn't great. You know, it, it was, it was okay. Mm-hmm. So now the interesting thing about this movie is that not only it, it came, we know a lot of actresses and actors from Hollywood get their start, you know, in these kind of movies. Mm-hmm. But Adam West? Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, granted this was the mid-80s where he, you know, he basically took any role I think he could get. And I he was he did his best William Shatner impersonation in this movie. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, you're talking about a guy that like played Batman and then the next time I saw him, I was like 13 watching a crappy VHS tape of Lady Chatter- Chatterley's Lover and there's, there's Adam West, there's like some weird painter or something or artist or I don't even know what he is. He's wandering through and he ends up in all these scenes where they're doing it and I'm like um <laughs> this dude, uh, I what the hell's going on here? So I <laughs> saw him in this um there there is a guy in it named John Michael Thor who yep. he's the main character as we get into it
1: the musician Thor is uh yeah, that's who he's known as.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. He was also Mr. K- he was he was the first Canadian to win both Mr. Canada and Mr. USA titles.
1: Oh wow. Okay. He as a
0: as a bodybuilder during that career, he won forty titles around the world, mm-hmm. and he's the front man for the heavy metal band Thor, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um he was in uh Zombie Nightmare, clearly, in Rock and Roll Nightmare. Which I, I have to rewatch because a buddy Another buddy of mine, Cameron, told me I should, uh, he said I got to watch it. And I remember watching it a long, long time ago. And I kind of saw it the way I saw this one, like up late night on some whatever channel, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I don't remember him being in it, but I have to watch it again.
1: Uh.
0: Uh, his, you know, it, it's just bizarre. Yeah, I mean, But then I- the, the worst part about it, or not the worst part, but the m- most amazing part about it is, John Michael Fasano is the credited as a screenwriter. He worked on big blockbusters after this. Like he He's he's known as a script doctor in Hollywood. Okay. He worked on Tombstone, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and Judge Dredd.
1: Oh, FX, too, which I, I remember that was 86. It was about a year prior to this movie, to tonight's movie. Um, yeah, and I, I liked FX. I thought it was, and Tenement, which is 85. Tenement is a fun kind of. Well, I don't know if fun is the right word, but it's uh, 85. Uh, I've seen that one, Tenement, uh, uh, Game of Survival. It's kind of violent and brutal, but I've seen it. So, yeah, I didn't know he worked on that one. Interesting.
0: Yeah, and he also was, I believe, the script writer for, um, for um, the one I just movie um, uh Rock and Roll Nightmare. So, it's just funny. Um, I believe he co-wrote the screenplay for another 48 hours also. So, this, this is a guy that actually went on to do some impressive things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's, it's strange because here is this little Canadian movie with a $108,000 budget. And uh, I guess let's get to the plot of it, right? All right. So, it starts off, I don't know what year or decade this is supposed to be because the dad... The dad so it starts off with this boy and his mom watching his dad play baseball.
1: Yeah, I don't know what
0: I don't know where they're supposed to be.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know what time period it is because the dad looks like Babe Ruth. <laughs> He's like this chubby dude wearing his, his his pants up to his chest and his like shirt too tight. But they're <laughs> walking home, and it's I, I'm assuming it's like the 50s because there's a group of uh, there's two I want to say it's two white kids, and they're hassling a um a uh, uh, African American girl.
1: Yeah, I remember and, that.
0: And it's it's funny because he breaks it up. So his wife and kid are there. He has a baseball bat. Now you would think, hit him with the baseball bat. No,
1: I was thinking they would might maybe they would use the bats to fight zombies. So that, you know, I thought. Well, oh, you
0: thought it was just jumping right into the zombie part? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Oh, contraire, mon frere. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so the funny thing too is well, I'll get to this in a second. But so the dad. The dad just, like, runs in and, like, I don't know what he judo tackles. I don't even know what it is. I, like, he, like, just kind of push tackles somebody one guy out of the way into, like, a bush or something. And then he picks up the other guy, spins him around, and throws him. Like, some bizarre wrestling moves, right? <laughs> and before he makes sure that they're down or running away, he goes over to the girl, and he's like, hey, are you okay? And in the yeah. meantime, one of them gets up and has a knife, and he, it's a switchblade, and he flicks it open. Yep. The wife and kid are there, and the dad gets stabbed. Like, you'd think the wife and kid would be like, oh, look. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah. So, it, the, you know, as you're saying, they get, uh, the baseball player gets thrown on the ground. I believe that was the
0: dad. He The dad gets stabbed, yeah. And and, right. and dies.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and the dad dies from the stab wound, which I don't recall where he got stabbed, but it was, I mean, you could die from one stab wound. I mean, granted, you know. Mm-hmm. But it just seemed kind of like, eh, you know, you probably should have made that a little more, um, A little more intense, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it it was clearly a made-for-TV movie is what it looked like. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, we fast forward and we now we see his son, Thor. Or as he's called in this movie, Tony. Who looks nothing like either of the parents that he had. He looks nothing like the father, right? Yeah. He He looks nothing like his mother. He's got long blonde hair. Right.
1: And he has muscles, right? He's uh, he's worked out quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or juiced. (laughs) And he's wearing this bizarre shirt where the sides of the arm are cut completely open. (laughs) Uh, It's just bizarre. So (laughs) he, um, is he honest? No, he goes home first. He he's playing baseball. He goes home, whatever, and then he's got a, or, or he t- kisses his mom goodbye, and he's got a baseball game, and he goes to the game, and he's stopping at the store on the way home, and it's hilarious because the store he stops at is um, run by a guy. Oh, I got. I wish I remember the guy's name. The guy had like an Italian accent, but he was he had like a Jewish name.
1: Yeah, I know who you're talking about.
0: <laughs> the shopkeeper, like the name, yeah, had nothing to do with it. Yeah. So, in an ironic twist of fate. He breaks up a robbery at the store. He uh, he goes to leave, and he's walking out, and he does not get killed by one of the perpetrators. Instead, he gets killed by he gets hit by a car. Now, I did skip a small part because let me premise that by the carload of kids were actually shown prior to this partying at a partying at a nightclub.
1: Yeah, I mean they were they were messing around. They're they're bothering the
0: patrons threatening on,
1: which is funny because i had watched uh, a couple days ago i had watched um hatchet for the honeymoon which also has some nightclub scenes in it i mean that's 70s but (laughs) yeah i i don't know what's with me and watching movies with nightclub (laughs) lately so the leader
0: the leader of this group this kid jim i swear i've seen him before i looked him up he's never i don't think he ever was anything else okay He's just a total, like, dweeby-looking douchebag. He's got, like, a lion. He's got a typical, like, 80s or current-day Canadian haircut. Yeah. And the bar they're in or whatever it is is just so lame-looking. It seriously looks like a Bennigan's in 1985. Mm -hmm. No, Bennigan's would have been more hopping. They have, like, tchotchke shit everywhere.
1: Uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) 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 It's like there were people dancing and "Uh, it's, it's messed up. So they get kicked out and he's like drunk and reckless and they're driving his dad's car and he hits, he hits the guy Thor and they take off like they're screaming and it's it's two girls and I think three guys. It's Jim, Mm
1: -hmm. uh,
0: Amy, who is Tia Carrera, Bob, Peter, and Susie.
1: Yeah.
0: Now you really kind of feel bad for the rest of the gang because none of them are really that bad.
1: Right. I mean, they're just hanging out in there.
0: But what I couldn't uh-huh. understand, yeah. But what I couldn't understand why was anybody afraid of Jim? I'm kind of an over, over. I'm over forty and out of shape. I'd kick this kid's ass.
1: I think I would too. I, mean, <laughs> I, I exercise. I mean, but yeah, I, I think I would too. I would, I would, I would beat him up. I'd kick his ass. <laughs> you know, I would. I would probably. Uh, make sure he doesn't come back to possibly cause more damage to Tony if such a thing is possible. It doesn't really happen, but I don't know. I would, I would want to beat him up, which I don't know.
0: I... No, I was talking about in real life. It's like I was hanging out somewhere oh, and yeah. this kid was there and like acting up, I'd be like, dude, I'm going to break you in half. Yeah. Like if I was the guy at the bar, right, he pulls like the little switchblade on the guy. Dude, just pick the chair up and clock him. Yeah, the bouncer's clearly going to be on your side at this point, you know. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, but what's funny, I I did look up uh, the guy that plays Jim Sean Adam Levy is his name, and he actually, uh, he actually um, did some other stuff. I mean, he had a couple little roles here and there, like his bit parts, but he had had a production deal with 20th Century Fox, producing movies for. well, he produced The Watch with Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, and Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, his television company, 21 Laps, that might sound uh, familiar, produces ABC and, or the ABC comedy series Last Man Standing. And also they produce Stranger Things.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Which is really strange. I mean, I guess he's a better producer than actor. You know what? If if his role was to play a, du- a douchebag, he did a great job. yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest.
1: I mean, the fact that he liked running, he's like they asked him how he felt about.
0: Oh yeah, because he's all jittery after they stop somewhere.
1: Yeah, but he they asked him like how did it make you feel you know after he ran into Tony? He said oh, I kind of liked
0: it, you know. I had the power to kill that guy in my hands or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets hit, the Jewish Italian whatever deli. Store runner, <laughs> wherever he's supposed to be, comes running out. And there's somebody else there that knows Tony, too. I don't remember how, if he just sees him on the street or what. And he goes, Come on, let's get him back. Let's get him home. I, maybe you could have called him an ambulance. Yeah. I mean, maybe Tony wouldn't have died if he called an ambulance instead of brought him home.
1: Right, right. Because
0: now think about it. Now, if, if, if he is dead immediately, now you're driving a dead dude around in your car. And now you're bringing him home to his mom's house, going, "Hey, sorry, Tony got hit by a car. Here's here he is, but he's dead." <laughs> like none of it made any sense to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree. It doesn't really make sense. It's like, uh, okay, they and how did they know that? I don't know how they knew about the voodoo priestess.
0: Oh, oh, that. There, you know? Oh, that did. So they get Tony home and they put him on a table in the backyard or something. Because that's where the mom wanted the dead kid. Said, what? So she tells him to go get um, uh, Molly. Molly McKimbe is a voodoo priestess. She's yeah. the girl that her husband saves. So she owes her a favor. So uh, apparently, every, apparently it's common knowledge in this town that voodoo is real. So they go and get, so one guy calls her a kook or whatever and they go get her. They bring her back and he, and she, she says, listen, I can't bring him back completely to life but I can bring him back far enough and long enough to allow him to avenge his death. Yeah. Pretty and, that's, much. and that's how he becomes a zombie. Now, it is kind of funny that it's called Zombie Nightmare and there's only one zombie. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's the part that kind of surprised you a bit. Because if so you look at the if you look at the cover, there's like two or three like zombie looking creatures on it.
1: Right, right. I thought there'd be more. I mean, I I don't know why they didn't do more than one. I mean, maybe they could. Well, have I guess it. the
0: hands at the end. I well, they only had hundred eight thousand dollars. So yeah. So we found the next. They oddly, I'm betting a good part of that money went to pay Motorhead for using Ace of Spades as the theme song. Mm-hmm.
1: That would make sense. Yeah.
0: Which really was a surprise to me. So we, next scene is we see this kid Jim. A c- clearly a fantastic upstanding citizen throwing pasta at his mom and driving off in his Porsche.
1: Yep. yep.
0: Crossing the center line with reckless abandon.
1: Yeah, that was his <laughs> parents' car or his dad's car, because he,
0: he Yeah, ever- the Mercedes was the the one he hit Tony with was his dad's,
1: yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That would make sense because I mean I don't know. I don't know why he didn't just drive his Porsche in the first place.
0: You can't put five people in it.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And then they drop the Porsche off at the guy's cousin's house or whatever, or cousin's place to yeah. fix it. Um, so they they show some more douchebaggery with the kids. And, yeah, um I mean. he's hitting on this woman at a. He's hitting, he's trying to hit on this this waitress at a like a burger stand or whatever, and he's all he's got to be all the what? I mean, they imply he's like. All of 18, 19, because they can't drink legally, right, right. And the girl, the waitress is maybe in her mid mid early to mid twenties, and there's a couple of quippy, a couple of good quips she makes at him, and like some other guys sitting in the car laughing at him. He's like, "What are you looking at?" <laughs> like he starts threatening like other people, <laughs> and I'm looking at this. I'm like, this, "I'm like, clearly no one is afraid of you, right?" But why your gang? Why your quote unquote gang who all dress like preppies?
1: pretty much I afraid mean, of this
0: guy maybe maybe cuz he's the one wearing the button down half unbuttoned
1: and the and he wore he's wore he wearing the jacket right and yeah. what i was thinking well i, I think i was thinking I, I talked about them in my review uh, uh, i was saying that too bad that they don't have what it takes to stop, to stop a zombie oh well at least they make for some good batting practice i can't say i expected <laughs> such a a focus on impalement. So the kills get points for that, right? And I was thinking, well, maybe they should, maybe they should have all worn leather jackets or something like that. I think that would have helped. Right. Maybe
0: maybe pompadours instead of mullets. Well, it's funny because all, all the rest of the gang are relatively normal looking kids. Mm -hmm. None of them have long disheveled hair. None of them are acting completely like, like, they, the rest of them felt bad about what happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I mean, they kind of were like, well, I guess we got away with it. He must not be dead. It's not in the paper. And he's like, no, when I kill someone, they're dead. And it's like, really? Dude, seriously?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, that night, Tony uh, starts exacting his revenge. He uh, tracks Peter and Susie. Now, this is where I kind of feel bad, right? Because, like, he's going after the people that killed him. Really, it was only the one dude.
1: Yeah, they, were, they just happened to be there. I mean...
0: They weren't the ones driving.
1: Of, uh, Toxic Avenger, the, the car scene in that movie, right? And then the kid gets run over, but that, and that has nothing to do with Toxie himself. But, it, I don't know, it just reminded me of that. I, I don't know, I guess in the 80s, using cars to injure characters was a big thing. <laughs> right and whether or not there was revenge from that was kind of the, the filmmaker's decision right and but yeah i mean i i can't say the uh i don't know if it, it's not the most entertaining
0: way of killing a character
1: no but uh you know it, it's it,
0: it, it was decidedly less epic than his father saving someone and getting stabbed yeah uh, now, keep in mind, we're like 20 minutes into this movie. It's only 89 minutes long, and Adam West has still not appeared.
1: Yeah.
0: Interesting true. side note is Adam West is not even the main character at all. Yeah, yeah. He's he's really not, He's in it, but not nearly as much as you would think for being Adam West. Mm-hmm. So uh, that night, Tony he he tracks down Peter and Susie, and they're at like some school's gymnasium or whatever, and they're in like a hot tub because I guess why not. And I guess the janitor lets them do that after they play tennis or something because the, jan- the janitor is creepy and kind of likes to watch whatever they do. It's after mm-hmm. hours. Or it's closed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, so she says she hears something. He says, oh, you're crazy. Whatever, you know, the typical lines. Typical right. 80s slasher, flick horror lines, which this isn't really a slasher flick. And it very easily could have been, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, they do have a, a slight... Slasher element, but I, I don't really consider it's more. Yeah, of a it zombie. doesn't. Sh-
0: the, the, the kills aren't shown in detail like no. like a lot of other movies. Um, no. So he he kills um, Pete by um, breaking his neck, and then she uh, she runs off. Mm-hmm. She is. I don't know how big this gymnasium is. I don't know how big this academy is. I don't know of any building that has crash bars on it that you can't just run out of, even if the door is locked. Granted, that might be a more modern thing because of fire code here in Chicago, but still. Mm -hmm. She's running around screaming. He could barely move. It's a a classic zombie. The guy's not fast. Somehow Mm -hmm. he catches up to her, and he, he... No, he crushes her head with the bat. He hits her in the head. Yeah. So now's when it gets good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like the way that kill was shot and there's kind of a slow motion uh, style to it, I I guess you could call it that, right? I I did like that about it and even some of the the music that they used. I, I like that too, just the way they kind of put that all together, I mean...
0: Yeah, there were some moments of this movie that I mean, we'll, we'll obviously talk about that a little bit more. But there were some movies of this movie moments that really weren't bad, mm-hmm. and and realistically, with more budget and a little bit better like casting, maybe mm-hmm. it probably could have been really good. I mean, it's not horrible, but um, but yeah, now is when we when we finally meet. Um, now let me think a second. Because he does this, and then Jim is going to rape that waitress, and he kills, he impales Jim with the baseball bat.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think that. I don't know. Uh,
0: that that's got to hurt because baseball bats aren't sharp. Yeah, that's going to take some effort.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I want to say I don't remember if we meet the cops. After the first one and before the second, I think it is. Right. And what's and what's hilarious is so we, we meet um the cops. It's Detective Frank Sorrell, who's played by a guy named Frank Deets, and um a coroner. And I can't think the name of what the name of the coroner is, but he does his best Columbo impersonation. <laughs> ah, what we got here is a lunatic. <laughs> like he's clearly like a. And it's funny, uh, like the, he shows up with no like protective gear on at all, no gloves, nothing. <laughs> but he, um, he claims that they, it's a large-built, drug-fueled man is responsible. So Frank ends up on both these cases. No one wants to believe the girl that of uh, what happened. And Adam West is the ch- the, co- the chief of police, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a police yeah. captain Tom Church. Tom Church, men, sorry. Oh, yeah. So.
1: Right, he's saying that he doesn't want the news to, like, he doesn't want people knowing what really happened. He wants the news to spread misinformation.
0: Yeah, so he says yeah. it was like a drug overdose for the two of them or something. Yeah. But they're because yeah. the kids see it in the paper and they're like, "Well, this doesn't make any sense," and they're, they know something's up. Right. Right. And then they, I think the, I think at this point there's only the two left, mm-hmm. and, and I think they're like, "Hey, you know, somebody's coming for us." No. Peter and Susie die first. Then they sit there with Jim the next day and they mention about it looks like somebody's coming for us or something. That's when Jim goes after a waitress again. And that's when he gets killed. And um, so Tom Churchman, he uh, goes, Oh, yeah, we already have a suspect. And they just, it's just like complete lunatic, like typical yeah. like 80s punk rock looking guy.
1: The, the Mohawk.
0: Yeah, yeah. got the
1: Mohawk. I remember that.
0: It's it's totally like it's like it's like Bebop from uh from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, only not in Rhino form, or was that yep, Rocksteady? Yep, well, whichever one much. it was. Yeah. And he like he's like kicking the shit out of like three cops, like getting them off them. And somehow Adam West just walks by and like clocks him what like once or twice, and yeah. like lays the guy out. And then he gets up again. <laughs> so um, he's like, "Oh, that case is closed. Deal with it."
1: <laughs> right. Right.
0: But uh but, Frank Sorrell being a good detective can't yeah, accept he's not it.
1: convinced <laughs> that the case is closed, which I like that about him, that he's he was trying to get to the bottom of things, right? Yep. And uh, you know, I, I like that about him. He uh, I don't know, he's probably not the most memorable detective, but you know, I, I like that he didn't just stick with what Churchman said.
0: Yeah, and I thought Frank Dietz actually did a pretty solid job playing him mm-hmm. to be honest I, I can't say a lot of the acting was really bad except that for some reason adam west was acting like the stereotypical william shatner mm-hmm. the way he would talk and like some of his mannerisms i was like uh hmm. so sorel's looking at the photograph photographs and he, he he um he notices in the background that molly the voodoo priestess is in the pictures of both of them and he tries to convince Captain Churchman to, to, that something's up. She must have something to do with it. And he's like, "No, you're wrong." They go out for drinks or whatever. He's trying to like—he's clearly trying to brush this whole thing off and like hide it. Mm-hmm. And he dismisses it. And Churchman says, "Oh, she's nothing but a baddie voodoo palm reader. Uh, she just follows ambulances around. Just just go home." <laughs> so right. then Churchman calls uh, Jim's father and says that molly's involved in jim's death so now we know something's up this is the first moment where we really you know know something's up right and fred tries and fred's supposed to go meet up with with um men, so he tries to uh go meet him up meet up with him and he sees tony coming at him and in typical 80s in typical movie let me correct it in typical movie fashion Uh, He shoots him with a rifle. It doesn't work. Fred gets in his car. The car won't start. He leaves the door open while he's trying to start the car with the zombie Mm -hmm. coming towards him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, not saying that Tony couldn't rip the door off, but still. So, um, Tony uh, gets up after getting shot and breaks Fred's neck, which now, when I was watching this, I was like, well, not sure why he went after the guy's dad.
1: Yeah, I mean I guess just cuz he was there and it was
0: well, that's what I thought or maybe is it like the the mafia thing? I you know, you, you I'm going to kill you and your family. I I don't know. Right. You know, he didn't kill he didn't kill the mom. He didn't go after the mom, just just Fred.
1: Right. Yeah, cuz I remember I think uh, Fred he, he has the the rifle but Somehow, when he shoots it, it looks like he—it's sh- like he's shooting a shotgun. It didn't really. I know, maybe <laughs> that's just
0: the ammo that he had. That- or maybe it was—maybe it was a shotgun. I thought it was a rifle. I could be wrong. It could okay. have been a shotgun. Um, but yeah. So at this point now, you're like, all right. So the the um, Frank thinks something's up. I find it funny that Frank Sorella's is played by Frank Beats. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, something's up there, right? Like something's not, something's not right. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So the next, now we see, uh, Bob calls Amy and he's panicking and he's like, Hey, somebody's trying to kill us. We need to leave town. Let's go rob my cousin's place, the garage where he works. He always tells me he's got money there and we'll skip town and no one will find us. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So they go to the garage and again, in typical movie fashion, Hey, let's split up to look for the money." It seems like that's just another go-to, like, well, I guess we'll just have him do this, and it'll make him easier pickings. I don't know. So Tony's there. Uh, Sorrel catches on to something going on and knows that that they're going that way. So he goes there, but he gets there after everything starts happening. So correct me if I'm wrong, James, Tony kills... Tony kills Bob first, right? And Amy sees it happen?
1: That's what I remember because...
0: He bashes his head with a car door.
1: Yeah, because I, I, I think she sees it and then she flees, right? Uh, right, because I remember her death uh, as well, but...
0: Which involved the door too, I think.
1: I, I think he just smashed it. He just throws her, doesn't he? Yeah, she smashed. Yeah, she smashed against the door. I don't think it was a car door. I think it was a, a glass door because I remember seeing her, face get smashed against it.
0: Oh, that's right. And Frank's yeah. here for. And I think Frank's here for this one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And tries to stop it, but Tony like, just throws him aside.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, yeah. So you know, Amy gets killed, which. I really felt bad for her character because her character was really the nicest one out of any of them. Right. <laughs> like, really, truly felt bad. And I mean, granted, she didn't come forward to say anything, but she had, like, r- again, nothing to do with, you know, what happened. And she clearly, clearly didn't like Jim from the beginning, and you know, so you're like, ah. Mm-hmm. You almost wanted those two to escape, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So now Bob and Amy are dead. So now you're like, all right, good, we're good. They're all dead. So, Tony starts uh, walking away, and at this point, um, the captain abducts, abducts the voodoo priestess, Molly. Which, now I'm like, okay, I still, I'm not getting the big picture here. So I'm missing something. So, uh, Tony ends up in a cemetery, and Churchman and Molly end up at the cemetery. Right, right. And so does Frank. And Frank hears everything that happens. Um, let's see if I get this right. Churchman admits that him and Fred, Jim's dad, are who killed Tony's father. Which is why Tony killed Fred. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. And I want to say Churchman shoots and kills Molly.
1: Well, let see. I'm reading it here. So he shoots tony yeah then he shoots molly okay yeah yeah so he he shoots both of them right because i remember he has that that pistol i think there's a a sight on it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or something like that
0: yeah yeah and molly tries doing a spell quickly before she gets killed Mm -hmm. to um revive its powers or what? Something he, he, she tries doing a show, uh, some, she tries doing some spell. It seems like and Churchman shoots shoots Tony, then kills Molly because Tony's powers are wearing off because he aven- he's avenged his own dad. Yeah, and yeah. and realistically, his father's. So um, he kills Molly, and then he him and Sorrel have a little talk, and um, Sorrel's. You know, I think Sorrel. I don't think Sorrel had his pistol anymore. I think it uh, was told to drop so, it or yeah. something I don't remember. So yeah. as he's about to shoot Sorell, hands come out uh, another zombie and like hands come out of the ground and grab Churchman and start dragging him into the grave. Which now mm-hmm. see now that's kind of cool I thought.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. I mean I wasn't like cuz I didn't know, you know, the the co- the poster, the the cover right it has the two zombies on there and <laughs>
0: And there's only one throughout the whole movie.
1: (laughs) And there's like, oh, okay, I guess that's the second one in the poster, right? So I guess in a way, we have both of them on there, right? But yeah, I I like that because...
0: And you see like a red glow in the hole he's getting pulled into. Kind of like seemingly saying you're going to hell.
1: Pretty much, yeah. So I was
0: like, "Eh, that's a nice touch. I liked it. That was good.
1: I mean, it makes sense because he was, you know, being a a crooked cop, a a corrupt cop, right? Yeah.
0: He was involved in a murder,
1: uh, right mm-hmm.
0: he tried raping a a girl
1: mm-hmm.
0: so God knows what he 's done the rest of the time he 's been on the force
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but the 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 ne- the end of this is Sorel walks over after he well so he 's he 's begging for help and sorrel 's just kind of like nah.
1: <laughs>
0: nah. Pretty much yeah and um so Sorel looks at the uh the tombstone, and it turns out it's, it's Tony's father. Mm-hmm. That so it, the tombstone's for Tony's father. So he, he avenged his own death at the end, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I'm assuming maybe that's why Tony went to the to the graveyard. Maybe he was just going to collapse and die there by his dad.
1: I mean, it makes sense being a zombie. I mean, and the fact that okay, my dad's here, as you were saying, right? I, I might as well just come here and left out my last couple of moments and mm-hmm. let Churchman and Sorel and Molly fight it out or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right? Nowhere to be seen the rest of the movie, his mom. Right, right. She seemed to have absolutely no problem letting her son run wild and kill a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's where it ends. Sorrell just kind of you know walks off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this was the one I recommended. It's not nearly as gory as a lot of our other ones. I mean, yeah, and
1: it's what it's did you What silly. did you think?
0: I mean, yeah, I, I kind of like it. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a fun watch because it's it's a fun watch because I, to me it's not a horrible plot. No, and some of the acting's not bad. And Tia isn't it. Right, right. I mean, not much, but she is. But it's not a it's not really a horrible movie. And I like I said, I think with a good a better budget, this could have been a good movie.
1: Yeah.
0: So you actually found yourself kind of liking it, huh? Yeah, yeah. So did you laugh most of the way through it? Or
1: I mean I, I did have a couple good laughs. Yeah. I mean, I I would probably laugh more if I watched it again, I, I would think. I would say so, right? And maybe mm-hmm. I'll check out the MSG three K version of some point and see if if I get any last
0: from that. See, it's funny because going back and revisiting MST3K um, uh, episodes that I've been doing like for 20, 10 years now since I got them all. A lot of the movies I see, and especially the early episodes, like season one, which is rare to get, get but I have like most of them. Mm-hmm. And like this one, a lot of the movies they do, I'm like, holy Christ, I, I saw this when it was on TV. Like mm-hmm. after I'm watching it, I'm like, Oh my God, I remember that movie. Like sometimes it's, um, I, there was, I remember there was one movie too. One had to do with this race car driver trying to get across country where there's no gas to like a, <laughs> the free part of the country <laughs> and like everyone's rooting for him. I couldn't think of a the movie. They, they made fun of it the first season. Mm-hmm. So when I was going through my episodes, I'm like, Oh my God, that's the one. Mm-hmm. And another one uh, had to do with um, area 51 or UFOs or something and astronauts getting murdered to keep mm-hmm. it covered i'm like i saw that too <laughs> like, when i was a kid i thought these were good so <laughs> zombie nightmare is one of those where i'm like oh my god i remember watching this mm-hmm. um yeah I, I i i enjoy it uh you know thor not only plays a zombie but he wrote much of the incidental music and his band and him did the heavy metal riffs all right and uh See, the synthesizer music was played by the band Thorchestra, or actually by him and the band called Thorchestra.
1: I'm thinking of the of the music that was used in the specifically in the scene where Tony pursues uh, Susie, because it kind of had an indu- almost an industrial sound to it.
0: Right, they had the synth in it.
1: Yeah, and I, and yeah. I like that. Yeah.
0: So. So, uh, yeah, so he he did the heavy metal riffs. His band did the heavy metal riffs. And the synthesizer music, like Seth Dorchester, he's in, he had a hand in that, obviously. Right, hand. right. Okay. Um, also, uh, motor hit. Motorhead, who never was huge mainstream, but had a few hits, their big hit, Ace of Spades, was played during the opening credits of this movie, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: which I was very surprised. Uh, Girl School's on the soundtrack, and I know them. Is um other
1: movie I can think of? Uh, you know, horror sci-fi wise that had Ace of Spades. I, I'm pretty sure it was that song, it was the movie Hardware and Lemmy actually drives a taxi cab in yes.
0: and plays it for the... For the That's era. the one where the, the woman's got the cyborg skull or head in her, in her house and it comes to life and like starts mm-hmm. building itself again. See, another one I barely remember but I remember going that was a great movie when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oddly, there's a band called Pantera in it. But it's not actually the Pantera we know. No, I, I found that out later. It's like, yeah, oh, so Pantera oh. at the t- Pantera in the 80s, no one really knows this, was actually like a glam rocker, like hair metal band. Okay. And um, then they became the Cowboys from Hell, like, you know, in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, um, the Pantera in the band was actually John Michael Thor's wife at the time, who was right, a backup right. singer in his band, and that's what her stage name was. Uh, Nighthawk was on this too, and I've heard them before. Okay. So it, it's it's weird how it really wasn't like um, oh Virgin Steel. I forgot they were in that too. Not 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 a huge band, but but um yeah they uh I, I thought they actually put together a pretty enjoyable horrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um the 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 what did you think of the zombie makeup?
1: I mean. Not the most, like, um, well-thought-out, I guess. You, I mean, not the most convincing.
0: Would you believe that receptions to the movie were generally negative?
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems to be the consensus on IMDb anyway, I mean.
0: Oh, here's a quote from Mary Jo Pell from Mystery Science Theater. Describe the movie as painful and that it, the members of the show thoroughly, intensely, and unequivocally hated the movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, not a lot of good by anybody to say from it. I don't know what it made. It had a limited the- theatrical release. Mm-hmm. And um, New World, no. And then uh, it was released on special t- edition DVD in 2010.
1: There is a, a, a Blu ray that I, I ended up getting that, which
0: is. There, oh, there is a Blu ray of it.
1: Yeah. Code Red put it out and. You may, if you do end up buying that, you do kind of want to look around because Code Red's releases tend to be limited, so prices will vary depending on where you look. So, Wait,
0: are there any special features?
1: Yeah, so I watched. There's an interview with the director, um, and then they have like a cast and crew interviews, which I, really a long, Yeah, which I haven't watched that one yet. And then there's also
0: are these like from back then or.
1: I'm not sure. I only watched... Because
0: that the- would be interesting if they were like them now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd have to check out one. But I had to watch the interview with the director and he talked about some of his other movies and some of the things he had been involved in. And then there's one called... Well, on the, on the back of the case it listed as Bucketless list Theater, but what it actually... I don't know why they put that. But it's actually... Um, I think her name is Antoinette and she's like a horror hostess and she talks about the movie for a few minutes. And she shows some of the scenes from it. And then uh, I guess you could watch it. So I watched that. And uh, you could watch that. And then, it, then it'll play the movie after her introduction. So there's that way to watch it too. But I, I think it's the same regardless.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was it was also called by... It was, oh, here's, here's a more glowing review. This, this guy's on par with us. Brett Cullum from DVD Verdict called it a charmingly cheap Z-grade zombie thriller. Mm-hmm. Now, we do a B-movie podcast. (laughs) Does this fall below that? Now, would you like to see this one remade?
1: I mean, I think in a way, maybe if they were to kind of focus on some of the voodoo aspects a little bit more, right, and maybe uh, have some...
0: Like use some actual terminology that might be correct and stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, perhaps have that a bigger role right and maybe they could have maybe the, the makeup they could make some improvements with it i mean not the worst makeup i've seen but it didn't well it's
0: of... it's only one person that had makeup on yeah that's true i
1: mean that's uh, that 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 is like it's well unless you count the other zombie but even then the most most of the movies is one person with the, with the zombie makeup but you know not the worst i've seen i mean kind i kind of liked the uh the color of it, and the and the and the detail of it of the makeup.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see this one remade. I, I, I think it would be, I think it could do well. Mm-hmm. And I'd like and I'd like to see somebody get back to like a classic zombie. You oh, know, yeah. now it's like, oh, this one can run and this one can do that. Yay. Yeah. you know, I like the classics,
1: especially because back then you didn't really have a lot of zombies using weapons.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you had. Nightmare City, which is more infected people than zombies, but yeah, back then zombies weren't really. I mean, yeah, they did learn. They did learn like Day of the Dead, and they with uh, Bub, right? Mm -hmm. But as I was saying, not an overused concept, and you you could if you were if they were to remake this, they could probably explore that further, and maybe he'll use maybe he would use other weapons, and maybe he would. I don't know, play baseball as a zombie. I, I might be kind of stupid. <laughs> but I don't know.
0: <laughs> I'd like to see it be, um, I'd like to see it filmed in like Louisiana with some shots of the bayou and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the core like, of where America's like um, voodoo culture stems from to give mm-hmm. it more of an authentic.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. You know, like a small town in like one of, the, one of those areas. I think it'd be really cool. I think, that would, I think that would do well.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Anyways, I think it's enough of us for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd recommend t- taking a look at Zombie Nightmare. It's a fun watch. It's not a masterpiece by any means, but I enjoy it. And it sounds like James enjoyed it as well. Yeah, I did. All right. Well, until next time, thanks for listening. I'm okay. Johnny.
1: And I'm James. And we'll be back with you later